0: Hey friends, as a church leader, you know that your ability to execute your vision comes down to staffing, facilities, and programming. All three of those things are fueled by one thing. That is generosity. Generosity is the fuel that drives your ministry engine. We are always trying to learn how to grow and create cultures of generosity that help fuel the vision. I want to introduce you to my friends over at The Giving Church, a brand new sponsor here at Unseminary and they really do want to help. I love these guys and you should lean in with them. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary for a free PDF. It's five ways to grow your church giving. The Giving Church, led by generosity coach, founder, and just amazing guy, Phil Ling, has worked with nearly a thousand churches of all sizes, including the size of your church in 40 different denominations and raised over a billion dollars to fuel incredible ministry. Don't run out of fuel for your ministry. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today for your free PDF. Five ways to grow your church giving. Again, that's thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today.
1: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, You're not alone. alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.
0: Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you've decided to tune in. Really excited for today's conversation. We've got a repeat guest, and this is like just a few months later, so you know that there's got to be something good uh, coming up in today's conversation. Super excited to have Trevor DeVage with us. He is uh, at Pantano Christian Church. This church is located in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, They were started in 1961 and are one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Uh, Trevor is the lead pastor, been there just since 2022. This is really a follow-up conversation from what we had back in the spring. We'll link to the the conversation back in the spring. And that was called, uh, it was all about growing, you know, just a kind of tremendous amount of growth. This is kind of the back end of that conversation. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a little more detail. Trevor, welcome to the show. So glad you're here.
2: Well, man, it's good to be back. Uh, I I think I joked with you right before we went live. Is uh, man, you you must be at the bottom of the barrel, of people, man, because uh, you had at all had to bring me back. So um,
0: no, not at all.
2: Really, really excited to be with you, man. I, I'm a I'm a purveyor and a frequent listener, a weekly listener of your podcast, and so I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a humble honor to get to be in uh, in this company again, man. It's good.
0: Uh, I really appreciate that. Well, I'm excited to uh, to dive in, friends. I'd encourage you to go back. We kind of covered a bit of Trevor's background and the history of the church in our previous episode. Without that, some of this will be out of context. But would love to kind of dive in. So your churches continue to grow. Kind of bring us up to speed. How did the fall launch go? Where are things at on that front? Kind of bring us up to speed. You know, in the last six months or so, where are yeah, things? Yes.
2: So when when we talked last, we were two services with no parking. Left our parking lot was uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, abysmal at best people were being turned away at the parking lot um we've added a third service actually um and our seasons in Arizona are weird because we we don't really have seasons we have two we have hot uh, and slightly less hot uh, but actually <laughs> school it. goes back mid July here so we mm. um, we waited till about the third week of July and we launched a third a third service actually on Sundays and we actually shifted our service times so all of our services changed we went to 8:30 10:30 12:30 And Mm -hmm. uh, we moved about five or six hundred people to that twelve thirty service to alleviate some pressure on parking, and uh, it's held real steady there for the last Mm -hmm. uh, last four or five months, which has been great. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also, as we went into the fall, I thought, man, we're going to get to breathe maybe a little bit, and Mm -hmm. uh, well. I apparently will breathe at some point. I'm just not sure when the (laughs) breathing is going to happen. We keep coming up for like oxygen, but uh, we are, we're in such a sweet season right now. We're, um, we're at 530 baptisms for this year. Wow. Praise God. uh, That's amazing. Yeah. We've got another baptism Sunday coming in uh, two weeks. We've already got 20 plus people signed up, which means we'll probably have another 30 or 40 that weekend. And, Mm. um, and then we do, we're doing uh, six Christmas Eve services this year. We've added a service from last year and um, Good. we do, we do baptisms on Christmas Eve. And last year we had 99 baptisms Christmas Eve. So we're, uh, we're really excited to see what God will do in our Christmas season. We're, we're about to shut our campus down next Sunday for a, this coming weekend for, we do a giant event called serve our city. So we shut down our campus services and we do worship service in the community. We go serve all over the city. So we'll send mm-hmm. out people across the city of Tucson, partnering with 16 other churches in the area. And, um, and we just go do service projects all over our city. So uh, that's Love been it. our last six months, man. Like we've just kind of been, uh, our student ministry is exploding. I think last time we mm-hmm. talked, I, I may have even shared our, it's the first time I've been in a church where our growth was not predicated on children and students. It was actually adults mm-hmm. and, and adults mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Our student ministry is caught up massively. And, Uh, about two years ago, there was about 40 kids in our high school, middle school ministry. Um, last Wednesday night, they did a big event, had over 400 kids here
0: as a part of that. That's amazing.
2: Um, so we're just seeing God infiltrate in some really crazy ways and we're just trying to shut up, get out of the way and not screw it up.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, you know, on seminary, we love to dive in on some of the details here. There's a couple of those things I'd love to hear, um, a little bit more about, so you mentioned parking and I, so this is like, man, this is literally, they do not teach this in seminary, but talk to me about your parking problems. And was it just the shift to three services that helped that? Or did you do anything else to kind of help with that issue?
2: Well, the shift to three services had to happen because the problem in our parking lot is we've got parking, but we don't have enough parking for capacity, if that makes sense. So when our auditorium gets to about 90% full, our parking lot is 110% full. And so- Okay. We literally, our cops and security on site, they're like, we're literally watching 10 and 15 cars a weekend just drive off right. the lot because they can't find right. a space. Um, going to that third service, we shifted. We literally told our two services, we need about 250 to 300 per service to move to that 1230 time timeframe. Uh, we have a full cafe here that serves full breakfast and the whole deal. Well, now we serve lunch. Mm-hmm. We have food trucks mm-hmm. on site as well. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're supporting local and our, and our church as well. And so we... We did the first weekend. We had about 750 people go over to 1230 and then it settled in right around five or six hundred people a weekend are going to that service. And it's alleviated some pressure, but Mm -hmm. we're already back in the space of, all right, what's a forced service going to look like? It's probably not going (laughs) to be on Sunday. It's probably going to be a different day of the week. Um, and so really, that's the biggest shift. that it, it drove us. We sat as uncomfortable as we could for as long as we could. And there, there's a principle of leadership I learned from my friend, Brandon Beard. I don't know if you know Brandon down in, mm-hmm. in Dallas, but um, mm-hmm. Brandon said, let people sit as uncomfortable as they can for as long as they can, because they'll drive the vision for you. Right. So we did. We, <laughs> we sat for three months with people going, hey, when are we going to do something about parking? And I'm like, well, if you just give me a couple hundred thousand dollars, we can go buy something. And right. um, But there's nothing to buy. We're trying to buy property for parking, actually, and there's just nothing right, right now. And so people started going, hey, when are we going to change services? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea, even though we'd already been planning it. And then <laughs> about 12 weeks out, we were strategizing internally. And then about six weeks out, we started rolling it out. I've never been in a church where people cheered for changing all service times. Like we said, Hey, right. we're it. going to change all services and we're adding a service and we're going to feed you lunch. And people cheered and love it. people are filming videos on their phone and tagging us on social media of how beautiful is it that I can't get out of the parking lot at church. I'm like, usually people lose <laughs> Jesus in that moment. They don't, they don't <laughs> praise Jesus in that moment. So yes, um, that has really been the most indicative thing that we, parking dictated us having to go to a third service.
0: Okay. I love that. Let's dive in on that, on the third service stuff. What else, when you look back at that kind of communication process, so I want to highlight you changed all the service times. You know, I've seen that over the years as we've messed around with server times. That's one of those things I think we, we get so nervous about it. Like, oh my goodness, it's going to, you know, it's going to, you know, tank or whatever, but I've actually found it as a growth every time we've made those changes, it's like we end up seeing growth because I think it's like there's something about the communication, getting out in front of people and all that. But what were some of the other things that you did that you think helped make move people to that? Obviously there was the pressure behind it. Was there any other communication stuff that you look back on and say, hey, that was particularly helpful?
2: You you know, I mean, Easter last year was a really good indicator for us because we we had a parking issue at Easter. Mother's Day is actually the other largest day outside of Christmas and Easter here for us. And Mm -hmm. Mother's Day was a parking nightmare. And we Mm-hmm. We probably should have. We probably should have made the leap then, uh, but again, I just went to let's leave them as uncomfortable as we can, as long as they can, and then we just hyped it up. We made it a right. celebratory thing. It was not a, right. what are we going to do? It was a. This is this is not a problem. This is an opportunity. We don't have problems at painting. Mm-hmm. We have opportunities. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, love Parking it. parking is not a problem if you have. If you don't have enough, it, people think yeah, it's, yeah, a yeah. it's an opportunity. Um, there's something happening at our church when you can't get in and out of the parking lot, when traffic is backed up down Houghton Road. Now we tick off most of the neighborhood every weekend. Um, mm-hmm. the cops are out directing traffic. And, and so people see, we've just, that's become our language. These aren't problems, these are opportunities. There's a lot of churches mm-hmm. that would kill to have full parking lots and not know where to put people. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. been in those churches, I've been a part of those churches. And so to be on this side of it where it's like, what are we gonna do? Well, here's the mm-hmm. options, and really, our people here have been so excited about everything, every option we've given. It, it's it, lack of a better term, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, man. They just get excited about about God moving, <laughs> and then we've seen it in our other ministries too, like student ministries on Wednesday nights. They were all together mm-hmm. in one space, running a couple hundred kids going into the school year. They split middle school and high school back out into the mm-hmm. the respective spaces, and it's almost doubled our student ministry by just oh. again. Adding more opportunities, creating space. Be, yep, yep. Be, For sure. Creating space and growth happens when you create space, and so mm-hmm. I firmly believe. Probably after Christmas, I'm trying to get through Easter of next year, which is early. That we're probably going to add a Thursday night service will probably be our next. But um, those service mm-hmm. times, I was going to do 9-11 and one. Keep the other two the mm-hmm. same, and then just mm-hmm. add at one o'clock. And my predecessor, Glenn, I, I said, "Hey, I want your opinion on this." He goes, "I wouldn't do that." And it's mm-hmm. the first time he's paused me. Hmm. It's the first time he's interesting. Gone. Yeah, yeah. He's Like, we used to do a one o'clock, we barely got two, three hundred people to come to it. Um, mm-hmm. he was like, There's something about that 1 p.m. number mm-hmm. that feels really great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he said, I would do 8 30, 10 30, 12 30. And I went back to our team, I said, The guy that's been doing this for the last 20 <laughs> years here, right? Yes, the only time he's looked at me and gone, I wouldn't do that, I'm like, I think we ought to listen. And he was right. And mm-hmm. for me, that was a moment to honor him, but it was also a moment of his wisdom for him to go, Right, he's been in the community, you. Yeah. I think this will help you. And so, finding that wisdom from Glenn and then he was an advocate with our people too. He was so pumped up and excited and going around and telling mm-hmm. people why this is a good thing. And so mm-hmm. I, again, it, I'd love to tell you there was some massive, crazy strategy. It was just, we're out of parking and we had to do yeah, something. Yeah.
0: How far out did you go from between kind of communicating, you're doing three services to three services to actually doing it? How, how, what was that kind of look like? It was 12 weeks. Um, okay. We started priming I the- counted down and all that kind of thing, yeah. Then about six weeks out, we got real real
2: intentional with it. And then I, mm-hmm. I was on my summer break in June. And then July, mm-hmm. when I came back, they started the last week of June. And then I came back and I just kind of, I blitzed it every week. I was like, here's right. the deal. We need you to- uh, make room for one more because our whole thing is about the one, right? And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, if we're going to make room for one more to come for your one to be here, I need you to move so we can make room for one more. And uh, mm-hmm. people just did it. They were happy about it. They bought lunch. There's food trucks. They're, they're, man, they're mm-hmm. just happy people. They're excited. Yeah, it's so good. The 1230 crowd, man, I love them because they, 1230, they, they want to be here if they come to 1230. Like it's, <laughs> It, you know, you've had some sleep. You've been able to go on a hike. You've been able to go to the store. You've had lunch if you have not had lunch here. And so, yeah. man, they're just fired up, ready to go. They're pumped up. And it's it, it's a lot of fun, man. But we we ramped it up for about 12 weeks to get our people there.
0: Right. Okay, great. Um, So tell me about this Serve Sunday, this idea of mobilizing people. We've seen this time and again in fast-growing churches that they, one of their key strategies to build an invite culture is they want to be seen as a church that's making a difference in their community, that they're actively engaging in making the community that they live in a better place. And so great to see that that's happening at your church. Talk to us a little bit about the history of that. What does that look like? Kind of fill out the the picture there a little bit.
2: Yeah, this is something predates me here, um, Mm -hmm. something I've been a part of in other churches, but actually it's one of my favorite things we do is that it Mm -hmm. it literally we're mobilizing people to go out. And it's funny because I'm sure you've heard this too, but I've heard other guys around the country go, well, what about your giving on that weekend? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what about it? And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, are people going to give if they're not there? I'm like, we live in a mobile world. Our people give mobily anyhow. Um, We actually see our giving go up when that happens Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people are a part of mission and vision. Um, Mm -hmm. people give to what they can be a part of. And so they're serving like, we're in schools, we're building 960 bikes that are going to be given to kids, almost a thousand bikes. Wow. Um, we're in schools, we're in playgrounds, we're in local community areas. We have, I don't know how many groups we have that go to first responders. They go to firehouses, police stations, they take food, they take care packages. (laughs) Um, so cool. and so it, for us, this is very synergetic. This is, we just came off of a mission trip to Rocky Point, Mexico, which is every year we take a couple hundred people to Rocky Point, Mexico and mm-hmm. build houses. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. we are three weeks later, getting ready to just serve our entire city. Um, mm-hmm. The history of this that I, best I know, and I'm only giving you just kind of cliff notes, because I don't know the total history, but it used to be strictly our church ran this for all the city. We mm-hmm. turned it into a local organization who now kind of disseminates um, for all the other churches. Um some churches don't shut down on Sundays they they do a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. We
1: mm-hmm. just
2: find that getting our people out of the regular rhythm of Sunday to go serve in their city is a really good reminder of why we gather on Sundays and we we mm-hmm. just have a series called the churches left the building and the whole series has been we 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 gather so we can scatter and mm-hmm. Week one of the series, I literally got on stage and threw birdseed all over our people, like literally just talking.
0: <laughs> so fun.
2: And it was great. People were getting it in their drinks and their clothes. And, <laughs> um, I, but at the end of that, I just said, this this is why we gather, not to gather for the sake of gathering. We gather to scatter into our community. And um, mm-hmm. I told them week one, this leads us into Serve Our City. We're going to scatter all over our city in a couple of weeks in a massive way. Um, but mm. then we we just finished up this weekend with this series, knowing that next Sunday we're going out. But then we also gave out, um, we're going to play the world's largest game of tag with our city. We've got cards <laughs> that say tag your it and um, mm. right back of kindness cards. So um, literally we created a website tag your it dot fun and it's mm. not branded with us. And so we told our people go randomly throw kindness on our community and then give them a card that says now it's your turn. And let's see how far mm-hmm. that goes in our city, in our country, mm-hmm. in our state, um, and beyond. And so, uh, mm-hmm. for us building into our DNA, it's not just this one big event that we're going to do, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it can be everyday events that we do because we scatter every week when we leave this place. And mm-hmm. so, it's kind of a both and for us. It's like, what's the big thing that we're doing? But there's these little random acts of kindness that you can do every day and tag people mm-hmm. to to just see life. You know?
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, let's, uh, so I do coaching with churches and one of the things we do, we have this group called the church growth incubator, and we've had three or four of those churches this year have gone to three services. And one of the things I've said to churches over the years, when you go to three services and it sounds like you're experiencing it, it, it kind of is like just a stopgap measure. Typically, it's like you move to three, but then right away, you have to start thinking about what is next. And it sounds like you're thinking about a Thursday service uh, or maybe another service time. Are there other questions on the horizon for you as you look you know, campusing, other types of things. Where, where's Where's your brain going to next as you yeah. think about, you know, for Pentano? Well, uh, for us, it's both
2: in and maybe even another piece. Like our online ministry is very robust. Um, so our online mm-hmm. campus engagement, we don't we don't count you if you've been on for like two seconds. We, we don't, we don't do <laughs> right. that. We, um, we really look for engagement and our engagement mm-hmm. is high. We've got a couple thousand people that are fully engaged online each and every weekend. Um, mm-hmm. our online audience is about, uh, and we do a 1.2 multiplier. Sure. We, that's sure. The, we don't want to go any pretty conservative yet. Yeah. We, we want to lean on the end of, cause Facebook doesn't really let you see that metric, but like our mm-hmm. actual church, um, church, um, what is it that Life Church gives out? You know, yeah, the, Church Online, yeah, online. their tool.
0: Yep, yeah. um, mm-hmm. we can
2: actually see how many people are on with that, and so one point two seems pretty conservative, but um, mm-hmm. we've got about 23, 2400 people fully engaged online with us on the weekends. So mm-hmm. that's already robust and going. And we do um, every service is streamed live to that. We actually mm-hmm. acknowledge those people online. So if you're on with mm-hmm. us. Um, and you let people know in the in the chat, I can be like, oh, we've got Rich on with us from here. And uh, we've got people watching and we've got one guy that watches from France and Switzerland every week. We've got another guy that watches from Tucson every week.
0: Yep. And we yep. called
2: him by name. Um, so that's one strategy is our, we call it Pantano Anywhere. And you can launch a house campus inside anywhere. If you're a college student, you can launch it in your dorm. If you're on the other side of the country, you can launch it in your living room And uh, we actually provide you tools. We actually take you through training. There's a a matrix that we use. Uh, Robert, who oversees all of our Pantano Anywhere stuff, he he literally leans in and goes, all right, here's what this means. You're a serving campus. You're a giving campus. You're a living campus. And he actually meets with the, we don't call them volunteers, they're difference makers. And we so we Mm -hmm. have a difference maker that leads those. So if you were going to lead one in your home and you've got 10 people coming to your house, um, there's a whole different training that we take you through for that. So that's our first strategy we're already doing. Um, I think I think when we talked last time, we also have a campus at a local mission here called Gospel Rescue Mission. And mm-hmm. we have anywhere from 30 to 50 men and women that are in recovery in a year-long recovery program. They come to chapel on uh, mm-hmm. Sunday nights to our service. We stream that down there. Um, the next piece is we are going into multi-site and um, what is happening right now? There's a local community close to us that is called and said, "Hey, this guy said I've got a building that I'd like to give you." And mm, I, I wow. like free, I like free buildings. Like, <laughs> yes, those, yes, those are great buildings to get. Um, and it's in a community where there's really not a church presence. I'm not interested mm-hmm. in putting campuses in a place right. where there's already a viable church. Um, but we've got a couple hundred people that are driving from this community about 45 minutes away. And right. So the, the viability of in the spring of this next year, I, I would say probably more the fall of 24, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that we could be launching a campus in this other community is is pretty substantial. Um, mm-hmm. And really, it's going to be upgrades and updates to a facility that's been sitting empty for a while. It is an old church building in mm-hmm. uh, a great community, but that's that's kind of our next. We're actually getting ready to go do a site plan for that. And um, mm-hmm. I, I like equitable, equitable places given to us because with that yes. just again in the future if we decide hey we want to make this its own church and its own community we can just launch that thing in a new community and it becomes a church plant versus a campus at some point uh, but right now we're looking at multiple campuses that's our next kind of strategy
0: yeah that's great and we, you know we've seen one of the shifts post covid for sure has been towards that kind of thing we for years there was like 10 15% of new campuses were, and that's by like actual numbers, not just like made up numbers, where we're seeing those kinds of things where actually the 2022 numbers showed that 40% of campuses launched in 2022 came because of that kind of either gift or an extremely low purchase uh, of a building. And so I would suspect you'll have more of that. And I love the fall 2024, the kind of longer term, we've seen that time and again, the success of campuses actually that initial launch core. So taking time to build that, that's, uh, you know, that's fantastic. I love the pit.
2: Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you, you've talked with Gene Apple about this, but this has been their strategy for multi-site. I mean, they've got a Minnesota campus, they've got a Vegas campus, um, and they've been given millions of dollars of equitable property that, um, their, their debt ratio to building ratio is very small. Like they, they're able to do this for pennies on the dollar and launch really viable churches and I would say too, for some of your listeners that maybe you're a part of a church that you're you're like, what are we going to do? We're going to have to close our doors. There are churches that you can partner with that will honor you well um, mm-hmm. and, and help the legacy continue. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like that there's a legacy aspect. It's not, we're partnering now. We're not, I don't, it's not hostile takeovers. These are partners. No. Um, mm-hmm. And if you've ever talked to Gene about this, they do a really good job of honoring pastors mm-hmm. and leadership in these churches. And uh it's pretty beautiful what I think God is doing right now to unify totally. the church in the United States, especially.
0: Oh, absolutely, for sure. And and that, yeah, definitely. If you're listening in, feel free to reach out. I can connect you with churches that are looking for that kind of arrangement. And and then on the on the lead church side, you know, there are very few churches church buildings that if particularly if you got it debt free that you wouldn't want to take on because essentially from a financial point of view you take your cash flow the equity that's tied up in that building and you can you can do renovations on that for you know relatively low kinds of dollars you could even write a mortgage over an extended period of time it gets pretty easy to step in and make that kind of thing happen so uh, that's exciting. Tell me a little bit more about Pantano anywhere. Like what's the, what do you think the end game there is? I know it's like early, maybe, you know, as you're thinking about that, is that you think eventually those might become campuses or is it just like, Hey, you want to service people wherever talk us through what that, I think that's a super innovative, great, yeah, you know, great I, I solution. Think
2: a, I think it's a both end because what we're looking at is if you, if say you're a local business owner in a community and you're like, man, I I've got a restaurant that doesn't open till dinner time. Mm-hmm or it doesn't Mm -hmm. open until noontime. Well, I could have church in my sports bar at nine o'clock on Sunday and promote that in the community. And we've got a Pantano anywhere location. Now that is, we're actually talking to a local restaurant on the North side here that they don't open till like, like one o'clock. And it's Mm -hmm. like, what is the possibility of us putting a campus? They've got 40 TVs. Uh, I'm like, (laughs) so all you have to do is turn on the lights and open the door. We'll do the rest.
0: Right. You right. have to
2: do nothing. And then we just staff it with difference makers that we take through training and put mm-hmm. them in that location. So we're looking at businesses. We're looking at houses. We're looking at all, all the above. But then the, the other side to me in that both end of that is if we find a pocket where we've got, say, three, four hundred people that are starting to all have Pantano anywhere locations, maybe in their home and their business, and we start to target that, we go, wow, we've got a big pocket of people that are online with us right here in this place. Now that's mm-hmm. where we start going, okay, do we target a facility in this location? Do we, do we look at a school? Do we look is there a church in the area that, man, there, we need to partner with and potentially come alongside of and help them move into the next phase of legacy? Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like? And so as we're looking at these Pantano Anywhere locations, and that could be anywhere in the country or anywhere mm-hmm. on the globe. Um, when I was in Ohio, we were kind of doing very, something very similar. And we had, um, we had four house campuses in Ghana, Africa. Um, mm. We had one in Pakistan where there was 150 mm. people that were gathered wow. around a laptop and watched mm-hmm. church in a bombed-out building in Pakistan, mm. and um, and they were with us every week, and right. we, we would acknowledge them, and they were they literally they we sent them t-shirts, we like they were wearing their Christchurch t-shirts when I was mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing here with Pantano. We we literally I, I think anywhere around the globe because of technology. I mean, just like you and I are doing this right. I'm looking at you. We're not mm-hmm. in the same state. Uh, in fact, yeah. you know we, we we got our time zones crossed a couple times because yes. we <laughs> get technology. Um, yes, but but reality is is that well, you can do this anywhere, and when you find a pocket that starts to blow up, you can go. We viably need to put something in this pocket now that's not just on a screen, but is probably in a community.
0: Right, love it. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I think our I love that you're tackling that, thinking through those issues. You know, we all need to be wrestling with you know, this kind of digital age we live in. And I think that kind of solution like Pantano Anywhere, um, for sure, you know, we should be wrestling with thinking about, particularly if we're a growing church. So as you look to the future, any other kind of questions on the horizon? When you look up over, you know, where, where do you, I know you're, it, it's like the dogs running down the street and, you know, you're grabbed that grabbed it by the tail. Uh, but, he, you know, what, what are you thinking about as you look to the future?
1: Yeah,
2: I, I think for me, a couple things. One, the, the mantra we keep preaching inside of our staff is simplicity. Like Mm, we're not looking at how we can do more. How do we do less more effectively? So um, the mantra we kind of keep springing into our staff here is simplicity saves souls. Complexity causes confusion. It's Um, so true. And the reason most most pastors or most church staff complexify things is because complexity is job security. If you're the only one that can Mm. do the complex Mm. thing, we've got to keep you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I keep telling our team and our system, if you make it complex, you will not be here very long. We need simplicity
0: (laughs) yes, um, yes. because
2: if we're going to reach the way we're reaching, then simplicity is key. That's the first thing. I think the second thing, um, I've always kind of leaned towards what is coming in, like what is the new thing in the world that we can use to leverage for the gospel? Um, Mm. And so I'm looking at, you know, this has been a big hot topic, but AI right now. Um, and a mm-hmm. lot of people in church are scared of AI. They're like, oh, the bots are taking over. Um, I, I got news for you. The bots took over a long time ago. Um, right, right. We're, we're slaves to these bots. I look at one mm-hmm. all day. Um, mm-hmm. But how do we leverage things in the church with AI to reach more people in a shorter amount of time? And, mm. you, you know, like chat GPT. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I literally, I've been messing with, I've not even used it for anything live yet, but um, I took all of my sermon notes for the last series and I put all my notes in and said, write small group material with questions. And I've got enough stuff on the internet that I can say and write it in the voice of Trevor DeVage and, yes, um, yes. and then put scripture references and cross check in, in 10 minutes. It mm-hmm. generated six weeks worth of small group material with questions. And I read through it and I'm like, this is exactly how I'd write
0: this. And it just—it's hey, close, them. hey! It's amazing. It's amazing. And
2: so I can go yeah. through that, and I can edit it. Now I'm not using it. Now I think you got to be really careful with this technology because um, it is going to produce other people's content that you're going to say is your own and is not. And I think there's all sorts of nuances in yeah, that. Yeah, you got to work through all that. Yeah. But I think the church. A lot of times we we kind of like online, right? I I spoke mm. at a conference three weeks before COVID, and I talked about mm. the viability of online. And if you're not there now, there's going to come a point where you have to be, and if you're not ready. All the people at that conference thought I caused COVID because they were like, did you try to prove your point? And I'm like, <laughs> like no, but my point is now proven. Like if you were, yes. you only yes. online is, well, that's just streaming. We're not going to engage those people. Well, mm-hmm. three weeks later proved that if we're not engaging people online, you're missing 99% of the world and where they're living. Yes. I think the same thing with AI right now. If we as the yeah. church are not, how do we pioneer AI in the church versus running away from it? Mm -hmm. And and so as we're looking at digital campuses, like, what does that mean? Like, how does Mm -hmm. that, how does that play out Mm -hmm. for us? Um, Mm -hmm. I even look at our production team, what we're doing with video, what we're doing with, with graphics. Um, I'm a, I'm a creative by nature. So like Photoshop and Premiere right now, Mm -hmm. AI is a part of editing. And so if I'm able to cut down some of my staff's time with AI tools, we can reach more people in a shorter amount of time, which I think is, is biblical. Like how do we reach the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time? You can run from technology. You can lean in. Every side has a good and an evil side. Let's use the good side of Mm -hmm. it to reach more people. So I think for me, simplicity and then leveraging the tools that are coming in technology that we can use to reach more people. Those are the two things I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love the simplicity thing there. You know, the, there's that old axiom that you can either have growth or you can have control, you can have both. And a part of that is the simplicity thing. It's like, you know, if we, as we simplify, ironically, as we simplify, we can reach more people scale faster and actually connecting those two together. AI is a part, can be a part of that workflow of like, how do we, and as, very similarly, anybody that's in the content business, which a local church is, you know, we produce a lot of content. We should be thinking about these tools Thinking about how we can use them. Think, I I keep saying, let's think about it like a megaphone or like a you know a speaker or a sound system. It's just another tool to amplify the work that you're doing. Think about how you can use it to extend the work that you've already done, rather than like it's not going to replace you. There isn't a day. Well, it might someday, but it's not going to replace. Uh, you know, you Trevor. There's still we're, we still need you. But man, if we could in the if we could find a way to use these tools to get your message out in front of more people. Man, I think that that's a really wise use of our time, effort. Yeah, and energy, I, think sure.
2: if, I think if you simplify, if you want to multiply, you simplify, and that's how you mm-hmm. amplify. That that's the yeah, that's that's to it. That's the formula. Uh, multiplication through simplification is amplification. And yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I think that's that'll
0: preach. That'll preach.
2: Yeah, I, I could probably <laughs> put that on a t-shirt for sure. Um, and make it work. <laughs>
0: Well, Trevor, I really appreciate you. Appreciate your leadership. Love to kind of catch up here, how things are going at Pantano. Uh, where do we want to send people online if we want them to track with you or to track with the church?
2: Yeah. If you if you want to track with Pantano, which is where I would go is um, you can go to pantano.church um, and find our website there. Um, or you can follow us um, at We Are Pantano on Instagram and all of our social media. Um, and then for me, I'm just at Trevor DeVage everywhere. Um, but if you go to Pantano, you're probably going to find me there most of the time on all of our social media platforms. We have, we've got arguably one of the best social media specialists in the country. She's a rock star. And so um, you want to see how somebody does it well, go watch what Amanda on our team does. She, she kills it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all our places you can find us. I got a website too, trevordevage.com that I'm probably not touched in two years, but it's there. Um, you, know, <laughs> you can go see that and look at some past content. Uh, but I would go to pantano.church or we are pantano on social media and we'd love to connect with you there.
0: Thanks so much, Trevor. Really appreciate you being here today. Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in
1: to the Unseminary podcast. <laughs> Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There, you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.